This is a Saddleback Church podcast. When I was thinking through doing some episodes for this podcast around the topic of vocational health and work, there was a question that I thought should be addressed. What are we getting wrong about work? It's one thing to talk about common issues related to work in the workplace, but I wanted to go to a deeper question and figure out what it is that we are getting wrong in the way we think about work. For that, I turned to my friend, Julie Chung. Julie earned her doctoral degree from Fuller Seminary in the field of faith, work, economics, and vocation. She currently serves as a pastor at Saddleback Church, leading the mission team. She is deeply passionate about the way that people approach how they think about work and, most importantly and pertinent to this conversation, how we think about our identity in work. My name is Jason Wheeland, and this is Doable Discipleship, Saddleback Church podcast, part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Now, my conversation with Julie Chung. Julie, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. (laughs) Hi, Jason. Hi, friend. Okay, so the title of this episode uh, is fitting also as the launching question for this. So could you do two things for me? Could you define work and vocation, but then also I'm, I'm posing the question to you, what are we getting wrong in how we think about these things? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. I love that I get to start with defining the terms, right? Because it just helps us understand what is even Julie talking Gets about? Gets us on the same playing field. Okay. Yeah. So forgive me if you disagree, but this is what <laughs> Julie believes. Well, okay. I'm going to let the doctor, you know, <laughs> give me the definition. Okay. So my hope in this conversation is really to come at vocation from the definition of the of working, working with the sense of God's calling and purpose, okay? Feeling like, man, even if it's hard, God's called me to this place to do this work. He's mm-hmm. equipped me for it. That's that's how I see vocation versus work. Work denotes punching a clock, laboring without really knowing why or what you're producing in it, and it lacks the meaning of purpose, okay? And, and it often is dissected out of a bigger picture because often if we know the bigger picture of something, man, we can get on board with it, yeah. right? So that's how I often see the difference in the way that I try to use those two words, okay. right? In terms of now working within the context of we're talking about work, yeah, right? And I really loved the way that you posed the question, like what are we getting wrong? My heart breaks because really, I think what we're getting wrong is no matter the work, vocation, yeah, it's easier to see that God's called you to it, but work itself really matters. Yeah, Work matters to us in terms of livelihood, but work also matters to God and those who we serve through it. Mm. And I think that, that the, the value of that gets lost if we just look at it like punching a clock, you know? especially like pre-fall work. There's so many spaces and places, even Christ himself, he did ordinary work, Mm. 
you know, that I think is the first sort of umbrella. I think of where we start wrong. Sure. (laughs) You know, we start wrong. And I think why, why? Because I think that why do we see it that way that work today? It, it truly isn't what God intended pre-fall. Yeah. And that's why it's easy to get it wrong in this chapter of we can call it chapter of redemption. We're not yet towards restoration. We're working towards restoration, but we're still in the mess yeah. of what redemption is. Yeah, right? we had this original, you know, back back in when God first made Adam and Eve, he set them out to work, right? To name the animals, to yes. tend the land. And then it was only after the fall that work became toil, that right. it became, you know, that there was a struggle that you would have to work, like like in the way that we think of it, is the hardship of work. You'd have to work the land to, to, to make it to work for you. That's right. And and being broken beings, mm-hmm. humans, right? All humanity, we are also existing in that mess. God is not only redeeming the world, but he's redeeming individuals mm. towards restoration. So that's, that's the beautiful mess, I think, and an opportunity that the workplace has to... to work that out yeah you know and that's that's the great so getting back to that question of like what are we getting wrong i think for now right now today knowing that our work really matters and that god is leading us to believe that all work matters because right now i think a lot of us operate that only spiritual work counts Mm. You know, and ordinary work doesn't count. Now, how do I define ordinary work, mm-hmm. right? It is the punching of the clock, but it also may include anything that that isn't like church staff or missionaries or maybe even nonprofits. That's all spiritual God work, sure. right? Ordinary work can include teachers and, comp- you know, carpenters, care, care providers, mothers, yeah. fathers, you yeah. know, entrepreneurs, even like restaurant workers and you know it wasn't that long ago that covid called them essential workers sure right where where is that in god's economy (laughs) you know yeah i believe that there's so much intrinsic value in the way that god gifted us and what we can do to serve the kingdom to serve humanity but then in our broken minds we think oh well that work doesn't matter and I think that at the core of what we get wrong is is actually that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. If, if we start to start to question what matters, yes, then that can really start to throw these wrenches into how you think about or understand or keep proper perspective around work. Because, like you were saying, there's that difference between a vocation, which is that feeling of called into something, yes. but then there's work, which could be uh, w- w- which you could find yourself in a place of thinking of as menial or as yes. as useless, and that's just not true. Not that, true at all. Yeah. Or even how much you make in it, sure. right? Some of the greatest call is to care for others, mothers, childcare providers, you know, yeah. stewards of other people. Mm. A lot of those roles, you know, you don't get a paycheck yeah. for yet. In God's economy, yeah, yeah, the work is the greatest call. Mm. So I think that that is, you know, going back to the, that question, that's what we're getting. My my life's work is to actually highlight that fact that no, your work, even if it goes unseen, God sees. Yeah, I it, love that. Yeah, so it seems like the underlying question, if what we're getting wrong is, 
he is putting it in terms of what matters. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we and we tend to approach that the wrong way. Right. We, right. we tend to think of it in terms of well, what does this actually benefit? Like, is is you create this bar, this standard almost in your mind that if it's not doing this, if it's not achieving this, or if I'm not getting paid this or getting the respect for this, then it's less than or it's uh, than something else. And that's just, as you said, in God's economy, that's just not not true. That's right. And that and one layer down from that is also something we talked about is this division of work, the way that we see spiritual work mattering versus non-spiritual work mattering. That also is a place that we know scripturally is not true. It's yeah. simply not true, right? God created and cares for all things. Mm. And in the end, God will redeem all things. I think it's Ephesians 1, mm. verse 10, for example, right? So that our work actually matters to God through that lens from the work that he did on the cross. Mm. From the work that Christ did on this earth was ordinary work, right? Yeah. Those are those are all the pieces of evidence and proof that we really know how he sees. So then from that place, mm. our workplace context really just becomes a platform for living out our faith, right? Or it's a crucial context for growing in our faith, yeah. right? God wants us to grow in our relationships with him, and it is an opportunity through our daily work so that we can do that. Isn't that so cool? I love it. Yes. Like it truly does. It's like an opportunity to, to witness. Not that you're perfect, mm-hmm. but that you're a work in progress, just like everything else, yeah. right? And from that place and posture, can you be kind to others, right? Can, yeah. can you experience this Tyler Stanton calls it intimacy, right? The fruitfulness that comes out of intimacy. You Mm. can't bypass that intimacy that grows in prayer, right? Yeah, so then our work really becomes a learning opportunity to engage God at the core of that, really, and how we work every day. That's great. So so if we've set up this position of work and we've defined the difference between work and vocation, how then should we think about calling in all of this. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'll start with what I believe again. Okay. Great. <laughs> That's why I asked you here. That's why I hear what you believe. <laughs> I believe, I believe that God calls all humanity mm-hmm. first to be in communion with Him and work in partnership with Him in the work of redemption, w- redeeming the world, okay? Mm-hmm. If those are, if that's this sort of like general call that we all as Christians, as all humanity really say, then from that place, going back to your original question of what we're getting wrong, yeah. I thought about this author. His name is Douglas Shoreman, and he actually talks about these four common misconceptions as Christians and we, the way that we think about calling and and. I believe when I, I'm going to share with you these four. And when we talk about these four, I bet you, you can think about people or moments in your life where you've actually felt this. Okay. So this first misconception that we have as Christians about calling is that God's calling is highly rigid Mm. as a plan. Okay. So this misconception, it can cause super anxiety and fear that we're somehow getting it wrong or that the decision we're making to jump into, you know, um, the food industry is a wrong decision that that's sure. not what is in God's plan. See mm. how that's a misconception of call? Yeah. Right? I know that. Or like 
I know that God has called me to this work, but it's really hard. So did I get this call wrong? <laughs> when yeah. God calls you to things, it, it's not because it's going to be easy, but that he needs you to do the work, mm -hmm. right? The second misconception that Schuerman talks about is that God's calling will always come as this miraculous or this unmistakable sign like a burning bush yeah. or like a pillar of smoke, right? This, this misconception, actually, I think we've seen it lead a lot of people to like disappointment or disillusionment because really we know the truth here is that often God's call is subtle or like it comes through relationships and affirming of the work that you've already done. Or, or if you have like a mentor, if we're lucky, if we have a mentor and say, man, you're really amazing at this and you didn't even see it. Yeah. Right. Or maybe you yourself, Jason, has said, man, you're really great at that. I could say you've done that to me when I'm not feeling, you know, less than called <laughs> or confident. Sure. Right. So that's a misconception that often sends people to. What did Hosanna Wong call it? Lesser battles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that. Uh, so a third misconception is that God's call is predictable and always flowing towards this life of sacrifice. Okay. Now this really hurts me because, you know, I'm fragile. <laughs> I'm, I'm fragile. And, and to think that, you know, the mission pastor of Saddleback Church doesn't want to sleep on the floor. Like I'm fragile. Okay. <laughs> that is, that is, this, mis this misconception would really think that if, if I thought that being in mission meant I had to sleep on the floor, man, I would not have said yes to yeah. this job. I would have been so afraid of it, sure. right? And that was also wrong. That's not what God called me to do. No. I mean, I may have to, and okay, for the Lord, anything, but still. Still. But still. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth and final misconception that Schuerman talks about is that God's calling is only for church leaders and pastors. Now, we talked about mm -hmm. that earlier, and I think this is at the very core of my life's work is to help all people understand that God's call first is to love God, to be in communion with him, to love his people mm. and be in relationship with God and his work in the world. So if we were to kind of center ourselves with that work, then everything can grow out of that place, mm. right? That his work in the world geographically begins inside of each of us. Right. So mission, his work in the world means like, you know, going across to your co-worker's desk yeah. or going to, you know, an, uh, in your city, a bridge event. It doesn't always have to mean that God's work is going to call you overseas. Yeah, it can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I would beg that workplaces and often such a good example of the first place that you'll meet people, diversity right? We mm -hmm. see that in Genesis, that people that are not like you, right? That can, that you can be a witness yeah. of your faith in those places, right? Well, it seems like the first place that God has called you to is where you are, right? And yeah. so I wanted, I wanted to touch back quickly, if you don't mind, on, on those first two misconceptions that you brought up, because I think that's such a big sticking point where, where pe a lot of people get stuck right. is this idea of just waiting for God to tell you where he wants you to go, right? It's this idea, you know, it's almost like waiting for Godot. You know, you're just sitting there waiting on the bench for <laughs> God to show up. And guess what? 
spoiler alert for waiting for Godot, he doesn't. And so, like, a lot of times people just sit there and wait for the sign, like you mentioned, the burning bush sign. That they, you, is you wait for this clear sign from God that you are supposed to go and do this next or be this or have this job or whatever it is. That's right. That's right. Where the truth of it is, is like you can do God's work. You are called to do kingdom work where you are currently at that moment. And whether or not there is a next thing or something else coming, it doesn't, it doesn't displace what you, the work that you can be doing where you are right now and or how you think about the work that you're doing absolutely really because at the core of that is that truth right so we know you spend a couple years you even you you have young babies it doesn't take long to to steep inside of you the truth that life itself will take the twists and the turns and the plumb line that I would want everybody to know and be rem- to remember is that God is with us mm-hmm. through it all. Yeah. That in this season, th- this chapter of redemption, right, that God is currently doing the work of redemption in us and in the world at the same time. So the twists and the turns often is the is the the harm that comes out of thinking that God's plan is rigid or like seeing something that is difficult and going, oh man. This must not be what God has called me to, because if He'd called me to it, yeah. it would be easier. Which we also know is not true at all. It's because we He needs us mm-hmm. to fight those battles or to do that work, right? Yeah, as you, you know, in God's economy, the CEO is no greater than the person who works in the mailroom. Like that, right? Is is we are all children of God in that sense, right? And so God doesn't love or see more value in the person with the, you know, higher job or the person who's paid more, the person who, you know, has their names on buildings than he does, you know, does the person on the lowest end of the org chart. Right. And that's, that's the hard thing, right? Though, because we're living in a very, very messy place right now where we live in a culture and a society that exists that says you do have all the power mm-hmm. because you do sit in the corner office, yeah. right? And and that's just simply not true in God's economy. That's simply not true. And, you know, the Bible, we can dig one level down to know that there is a counterintuitiveness, the beatitudes, mm-hmm. the meekness that are the, you know, blessed are. Yeah. So... I think that's where we're getting it wrong is our starting place, mm-hmm. right? And in those silent moments, the, the real time with God, you reconcile those places and you remember mm-hmm. that God is with you in and through. That it's not people that have to see the work that you do, but that you do and that God does, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, my babies are older than yours now, but it's an easy place to go because mamas of itty bitties. Yeah. That is often thankless. Yeah. Those babies don't thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much, Mama, for changing my diaper when I'd rather be watching TV or eating snacks. <laughs> you know, it's often a wrestling. Yeah. Or or the mountains of laundry. And that's just one perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, the thankless job, I think during COVID, I think about all those people we deemed as essential workers to make society continue, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
what who got to say that <laughs> and you know on t- yes and they were heroes unsung heroes doctors nurses but also yeah. restaurant workers um food establishments all those things right so that's that's just one of those messy places that redemption often becomes the only bridge from pain to hope yeah you know that christians often get to be the conduit of that if we've crossed that bridge then go back over it Mm. and help along the people that are in that pain Mm. yeah so what are some ways then that people can you know kind of better lead in integrated life right i'm talking about faith and work life rather than I think there can be a tendency, and it's almost cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true, <laughs> because there's a lot of truth to it, that a lot of people live a compartmentalized life, right? They have their church life on Sundays, and, and you know, for a lot of people, they go to church in a suit, or they go to church and and hear the <laughs> message, and they, you know, can be good old Christians, but then they go to back to the office on Monday and they're seen as the tyrant boss or they just can seen as a person who leads a life that people would never have guessed. Oh, you go to church, (laughs) you know, that kind of idea. So what are some ways that people can (laughs) work on, you know, leading a more integrated faith work life? I really love that question and that example. I've said so many times in a funny you know, receive me that way in a funny tongue in cheek <laughs> sort of way because, I mean, nobody raise your hands. But if you are at work, you know, lying and cheating and hustling and, you yeah. know, doing stuff, yeah, please don't tell people that you're Christian. <laughs> please don't do that, okay? Like, based on, like, your question. Maybe take off the he is greater than I sticker. <laughs> Don't carry, <laughs> you know, don't put a cross or like all those things. And I, I and I say that yeah. with grace and mercy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do have a few thoughts. I think um, what are some ways that people can lead an integrated life versus a compartmentalized life? I think really it starts with really deeply knowing that the Bible is proof enough. It shows us how in Genesis, you know, first to see and acknowledge, we talked about that earlier, that the things around you, in this case, work lives, right? They're meant to be diverse and complex. They're meant to be dynamic and constantly changing. And all of that, he deems good. So coming in often, you know, you see work stressors for people going, well, it's changing again. Well, it lacks clarity. Well, Remember that our work, this world, the way that God is, we are limited and mortal beings, right? That it is meant to be complex and dynamic and that we get to see how we are to contribute in it. Okay, so that's my first thought, starting from a proper starting place, that your work matters. Now that's pre-fall, right? And knowing where God had intended originally for work. My second thought actually would be an encouragement how do you lead an integrated life? Show up. Show up every day as redeemed people. Redeemed people meaning that you know that you're loved. You know that you're known. You're created and chosen by God. That's that identity in Christ peace, mm-hmm. right? So if we can come from that starting place and see ourselves as a work in progress or, you know, a work in process even, mm-hmm. and that God is with us, not, not perfect, 
But from that lens of a work in progress, then, then we can have the perspective to see work as opportunities for growth or opportunities to witness to others, to see us in our daily work as honest with integrity. You know, the Bible gives us the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithful, and all that gentleness, self-control. So I would like anybody to show me where an HR violation would be handed out <laughs> for being kind or good. Yeah. You know, that's an easy place to have faith and work integration through mm. the fruit of the Spirit, right? So you ask yourself, right, would a posture of joy make a difference in the way that we work? That's mm -hmm. a question, a practical, tactical question of how you approach your work. Yeah. Would that look different? Or my least favorite, forbearance or, <laughs> or self-control, would that make a difference in your workplace? So yeah. that would be my, my response to integrated life. So, mm. so here's my, my third thought to that, which is an absolute exception to the previous what I just said. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought an exception to what you said. This absolutely, because yeah. everything is both, is true. it's true. Yeah. It is all true. And here's the truth, okay? And the exception to what I just said earlier is that there is in fact deep, deep dehumanization that happens in many places of work, mm -hmm. right? Injustice is real, exists, underpay for hard work, overwork. Yeah. You know, in all of these places, when you're there, hope is impossible. It's impossible to see. So in those moments, if you're in those moments not right now, those are moments where church and community, we have these opportunities that we get to pray together that God be true. God be true to the redemption and the bridge building that only he can do from pain to hope. You know, and another prayer alongside that, too, is that, like we said earlier, you know, that God shows us if we've been through that, that we may cross back over that bridge and come alongside people that are currently suffering, suffering. Right. That's that's being mission minded. That's that's having all of humanity and thought, not just yourself. Whoo, I survived that. Yeah. Oh, yay for me. I don't have to think that. No, you have hard earned wisdom and experience and if you see somebody going through that same experience that same pain and suffering maybe that is your call mm. to help somebody from pain to hope mm. you know yeah that's where your work matters intrinsic work you may not get paid in, in a monetary but treasures yeah. in heaven right, <laughs> <Jesus>? <laughs> i i want to put forth a, another idea on how to better integrate. And I'd love for your response on it. Yeah. Right. So I would suggest too, that finding the quote unquote, small things or the little things to do mm. and bringing God into that with you. Cause one thing that we haven't talked about in, in the, all of the conversations we've been having around work, is we haven't really spent too much time on like handiwork or doing errands or doing chores or things around the house. Mm. And, but that is still work. And so I, I'm even thinking of like, you know, if, if you're somebody who maybe, maybe you've never thought about what it looks like to bring your faith into your office space with you. And you've just never thought, Oh, I, I I'm called to be a, uh, I'm called to be a Christian in my workplace too. That's different for me. 
Well, <laughs> maybe think about what it means to be called to be a Christian, even just doing the little things around your house. The next time you find yourself having to fix something that's broken, you know, just, you know, talk with God through it and just say, hey, I'm doing this for, you know, I'm, I'm doing this with God. God, thank you for giving me the hands that I can use to do this. Right. Or if it's an errand, right? If you're married and your wife asks you to, to run to the store to grab some stuff you know, or whatever, you know, it, it, it say, okay, like instead of, instead of maybe saying, ah, I don't really feel like it. Or even if you don't feel like it, say, you know what, I'm going to serve you today by going and doing this thing that you've asked me to do. And so when you, I think when you take the little things into account and you start to, start to integrate in the little things, then it, it starts to carry over a little more naturally. The thing is you find yourself doing things of work, you find yourself doing it more with an integrated perspective. Do you, is there any, uh, I'm just putting that forth. Oh man. I, are you kidding me? I 100% agree with you, Jason. And so much in a way that what you're saying to me actually is just a clearer, natural, normal way to talk about <laughs> the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Because it's all fruit of the spirit. It is fruit of the it spirit. It is 1000%, yeah. especially when you're talking about chores. Yeah. Right. Can you have joy? doing the mountain of laundry that yeah. is waiting for you or the faithfulness of, especially, you know, I know my husband does not often exude joy with the <laughs> honeydew list that yeah. I offer him. Right. But can he show up in faithfulness yeah. to the chores that are required to do our, our day-to-day -day work, right? The mundane, it mm -hmm. is finding God and finding spirituality or worship in the mundane, right? Yeah. And honestly, I think that that is often the way that we we grow opportunities to grow spiritually, right? You show up in prayer every single day. You show up, you brush your teeth every single day, right? It is in yeah. the mundane chores that we find maturity and discipleship. Yeah. I think there's I think there's something to that cuz when we, you know, if we only think about like the grand parts of our job, that's right. our work and we oh, I, I I can bring God into into this big decision that I have to make or all these people I have to lead, then it can start to become a little of more about you. It can start to become a little bit of egotism built into that. And then and then it starts to get a little wishy-washy when it comes <laughs> to your faith and work spot when you're really thinking about, you know, about yourself in it. But when you bring God into the menial, into the mundane, into the little things, into the day-to-day, -day, into the basic, you know, start on the ground level and, and let it then sprout up. Yeah. Like then you'll start to see fruit climb higher and higher up that work tree, right? And, right? and other people will start to notice. Guess what? Other people will notice when you approach the little things mm -hmm. from a godly perspective, with a godly attitude, with, a, with the fruit of the spirit. That's right. 100%. I super agree with you. It's yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> you asked me to respond. I said yes. That's my yes, response. Respond, and I respond yes. with Woo! a yes. <laughs> okay, so um, so I, I mentioned at the very beginning that you uh, have your doctorate and did a lot of your work um, in this field talking about faith and work. So I, I was curious as we start to wrap up our conversation here, what has been the biggest learning for you not just in your work life. I, I'm curious in, in the different roles, the different positions, the different organizations you work for. What is the, has there been like one learning that you're like, man, that has stuck with me. But also when you were doing 
your scholarly work, your doctorate work. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious if there was anything as you were doing research, as you were in the program that just caught you off guard that you realized, oh, wait, I've been doing something wrong <laughs> in how I've approached work. <laughs> yeah, that was that's such a good question because honestly, the biggest learning that I've had in this faith and work conversation has been around identity. Mm. Identity being the, at the very core Okay, so just practically speaking, what does that even mean is is seeing the differences between the way that God calls us versus what we call ourselves, right? Or how God sees us versus how we see ourselves or even worse, right? How we see other people. Identity builds. It, it builds upon calling because our identity actually defines who we are as people of God and our posture towards others. So, you know, we've all had those moments, right? As Christians, when we say yes, we say yes to Jesus. Then our life becomes joined with Christ's life. Then our identity is in Christ. Then from learning about ourselves, it builds upon the knowledge of who God is. That's the journey, right, that we get to be upon, the conflation of those two things. So that's that's been the biggest learning because identity really answers the questions around who we are and who we belong to. Mm-hmm. So who we are and who we belong to, and from that understanding, brings us then to the place of why we do what we do and in bringing in all of the unique giftings and wirings in the way that our sh- we're shaped to yeah. do, right? So that's been the, the biggest and the coolest learning, actually, for me at the heart of the faith and work conversation is absolutely rooted and grounded, ground in calling and identity. So if we can get those pieces straight, being with Christ, being with communion with God and his people, yeah then the doing naturally flows out of the being. Well, it's interesting when it's a cult, you know, is we have this culture that asks you from an early age, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you get things when you enter into an organization, you get these titles, right? These yeah, job yeah, yeah. titles. That's right. And it's the, these, everything about it, everything around the culture of work that we have points to, that this is your identity. This is who you are. You are a blank, you know, fill in the blank with your occupational description, right? That's right, yeah. And, you know, as much, and it goes to even like like on on your door, on, on your office door, it may say your title, it may say that this is who I am. This is this person, this name, and this is who I am. Yeah. And so it's, it's a cultural shift and, you know, it goes back to our initial question of what do we get wrong when we think about work? Yeah. I think that we approach work, we approach jobs as such a big part of our identity. That's right. And it goes, but if we take it back to this place of calling, like we talked about, mm-hmm. that can be separated from identity. It's almost like how we talk about in CR with Celebrate Recovery, right, mm-hmm. is, you know, is my name is Jason Whelan and I am a child of God who struggles with such and such, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we, if we changed our approach as we think about work and you'd say, I'm Julie Chung and I have the, I have the opportunity to serve as the mission pastor of Saddleback Church, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's separating what you do from who you are. Right. I love what you just, the, the point, thank you for making is, 
I think such a singular dimension of who I am. I, it's more like expanding, not even connecting, but it's expanding your view of who I am. I have lots of names, Jason. Yeah. I've been called lots of things <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Some beautiful, uh-huh. right? Some chosen and given. Yeah. Uh, daughter. Sure. Wife, mother. Yeah. My favorite title right now is Sherpa to my Iron Man husband. Nice. Those are all dimensions of who I am. My work and the the contribution that I get to make in the world. I haven't always been in on a church staff, right? Mm. Even the, the names that I've been called chosen, right? Yeah. I know that the context of our conversation right now is workplace, but we are multidimensional, beautiful, yeah. complex human beings. So if we can embrace ourselves from that perspective, I would want that. I would want that to be the truth that you take away from this conversation, that your work matters, Beyond what you get paid or unpaid, but your work in your relationships, your work within yourself, work in the way that God calls us to to be contributive yeah. to humanity and kingdom. That's that's what I would want. Yeah. If you lost your job today, your value to God does not cha- has not changed in the slightest. That's right. Because God has called you to love him with all your heart and to love others as yourself. That's right. And you can do that no matter if you're in the C-suite of your building or no matter if you are, you know, hustling and bustling on the paper route, right? Oh, my gosh. Isn't there that There are the still truth? some people who get papers. <laughs> I noticed our neighbor gets a, a physical copy. Wait, of the what paper even delivered. are you talking about right now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You mean like when I want to paint something? The stuff I put underneath the paint job? I, I've totally, I remember those. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, Julie, I want to give you the final word. Is there anything else that you would like to share or say about um, the topic of vocational health or what we've got wrong about work before we uh, close up shop today? I would want to say that... Where you are right now, all of us, myself included, the, the, the reality of the mess is okay to address. Mm. You know, that we are not in any place that cannot be redeemed. And I would want you to know that God is with us in and through it, mm. no matter what. And we are limited and mortal beings. You may think that you're on the top of your mountain right now. Sir, there is always a bigger mountain, <laughs> okay? And there's always, to th- we know those people that operate like they are immortal. And, and I want you to know that that's God's work, mm. but that you are to remain faithful and joyful and loving. And that's the piece of forbearance and self-control that we can absolutely have control with. As much as you don't like forbearance. I don't like that one. I'm fragile. (laughs) I told you. (laughs) Julie, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jason. So, what do we get wrong about work? We forget that we can live and work from a redemption mindset. We forget that work can and should be a good thing. We forget that our identity is in who we are as children of God, not our job title or our perceived value in the office. 
for your doable next step today, check out the book Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. The subtitle for this book is Connecting Your Work to God's Work. And it discusses how God calls on each of us to express meaning and purpose through our work and our careers. The link to the book is in the show notes below. This has been a doable discipleship, and we'll be back with you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.